Hello everyone and welcome back to the VCO Esports Studio. It's delighted, uh, I'm delighted to have your company again. My name is Arjuna Kangi Party, and as always, we've got another fascinating guest to talk to here in the world of sim racing. This is someone we've talked to a long time ago. It's been more than two years since we talked to James Baldwin, the world's fastest gamer, but how things have changed for him in the last two years and he's coming off what has been a very successful 2022 and hopefully heading into a quiet off-season, getting charged up with the batteries. How are you feeling, James? Delighted to have you back here on the VCO Esports Studio. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, just in the middle of like a, or the back end of the esports season. Not all the series are coming to an end now. So uh, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be on the show again. Now you can actually breathe a little bit. Let's start by talking about what you've done most recently, I guess, coming off the FIA Motorsports Games, where you went to France to represent Great Britain in person for esports. How proud a moment was that for you, walking at the opening ceremony and getting ready for the spectacle that was that entire event? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it wasn't the first time I've been, so I went to the one three years ago in Rome before uh, the pandemic year. So um, it wasn't completely new, but this time was a bit different because it was on a game I actually knew how to play properly uh, on ACC instead of Gran Turismo. <laughs> um and yeah, I, I was a bit, just a bit more experienced and it was a great event though. Like, yeah, as you say, very proud moment to represent your nation um, in your own discipline. Uh, so, and obviously came away with a gold medal, so really good. In terms as well of the atmosphere, you say you've been there before, but I've just experienced my first live event in person this year, and I always feel like there's a different camaraderie between the drivers. Even though you're competing against one another, you talk as though you're friends before the race. i got to ask how that translates with your experience now in the real world, you know, with the full season in the British GT and just coming off the 24 hours of Spa earlier this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely nicer, I think, in person. Um, anything in life, really, because... You know, there's more atmosphere, you know, not talking through a screen and or over a headset and stuff. And yeah, the Motorsport Games uh, atmosphere was great. Like there was hundreds of people genuinely in the room watching our esports races, which like kind of blew me away. Like before, three years ago, that wasn't really the case. And I think obviously that's like sim racing's um, grown and boomed a bit over the COVID period and stuff like that. So uh yeah, I mean, I even before like the pandemic year, I preferred LAN events generally. Like, it's a bit of an equalizer, you know. It doesn't matter what equipment you've got at home and stuff. You come and everyone's on the same kit. Whoever can adapt to the scenario, the rig, the you know, if because none of the rigs feel the same, you know, there, there's always a little difference here and there. Um, and it's whoever can sort of just make the best of the situation. Um, so it was really refreshing to go back to a, a LAN environment. Yeah. I was a bit jealous watching on, I'm not going to lie, especially since our producer, Mike Yao, was there as well. And we were talking just before we went live about how surprised you were there uh, to see him there for, I think, the yeah. sixth time uh, this year. Let's go back, though, to 2020. We last talked to you July 6th, so 856 days ago. You were in the middle of your full season Blimey. in the 2020 British GT Series. Yeah, what a long time ago and how time really flies. Let's talk about what it meant to you winning the Silver Cup Championship, given what it meant for you to be in that series yeah uh, british gt was like you know the biggest thing i've ever had in my career you know a whole season of real gt racing um I, it was i suppose it gave me a lot of exposure a lot of people sort of if they if they know my name or whatever it's from that um being on a massive platform you know british gt is a well recognized national series and 
GT3 as well, not GT4. So it was a big jump. Um, we didn't win silver, but we finished. I think we finished third. Um, but we like we definitely should have won it. And we, to be honest, we could have won the overall championship as well. It just I thought we were quite unlucky um, over the course of the season. But yeah, it, it, I look back at it with like a smile and stuff. But I do miss it. You know, a full season's racing. I've done one race this year, the Spa 24. It feels like a, a blink in the, you know, or a click. It just, it went by so quickly. Um, whereas a season, you can really get your teeth into it and, you know, make the most of it. So, yeah, I do miss it. Hopefully I can do a full season again soon. So what was 2021 like for you then? You know, focusing once more again on esports, which I'm sure felt a little bit familiar given how your first foray into sim racing was because of the difficulties of continuing the journey in real-world motorsports. Won a lot of titles, had a lot of success, you know, uh, announced as the BRDC Rising Star midway through the year as well. But how hard and how much focus was there for you behind the scenes trying to get back behind the wheel of a real car? Well, 2021 overall was pretty rough, to be honest, because, like, it was sort of a come down year after a really good year with, you know, British GT and stuff. Uh, I was so naive, inexperienced. I didn't really know how to to deal uh, on a business level, to deal with people, to try and get an opportunity to get back, back in a race car. I didn't have a clue. You know, I, I literally was, you know, uh, I suppose a kid who won world's fastest gamer, who was just a gamer. Uh, that was literally it, um, working a part-time engineering job. And thrown into a, a race car and at the end of it then i had to sort of like figure out how was i going to get back into a seat and i didn't have a clue so 2021 was like just a year of figuring it out you know trying to understand how the the industry really works from a driver's point of view you know how do they make their own opportunities for themselves to to be in a seat because there's only a select few that actually race and get paid for it you know factory drivers or people in formula there's a very very select few everyone else has to try and make that opportunity for themselves um so yeah, it, it was a it was a pretty rough year because you know I didn't I didn't really know what I was doing and stuff. I was doing esports and I obviously enjoy doing esports. I'll always always have and probably you know always will for the foreseeable future. So yeah. And I mean, it, like you said, led to this year where you got the opportunity to drive in the twenty four hours of spa. How much work for you then behind the scenes? transformed from 2021 to 2022 in mindset or your approach because you say you struggled with the business side you were able to find some support and go racing once again and this time in one of the biggest races of the entire year yeah you know huge opportunity to do the spa 24 hour biggest gt race in the world people say it's like harder than le mans because obviously at le mans you got the straights to sort of relax and stuff um yeah uh somehow kind of crafted that opportunity uh via a, a partner of mine called travel planet and we did the race and from my point of view it went really well our car didn't finish but um and that's still an ongoing thing so hopefully you know there's more to come um you know because i feel like I, I just really want to get back in a full-time race race seat in real life you know having had that taste of it in 2020 i really want to be doing it for you know year on year consistently so um but yeah this year like has gone to start with in esports, it didn't go that well. Um, I qualified for the E Rock final. I basically finished last because um, I made an absolute dog's dinner of it. So th that wasn't a good start. And then Le Mans virtual, um, we were running P2 or P3 and we ran out of fuel. So uh, that's another, another reason why the start of the year wasn't very good. And then as the year went on, it got better and better. Last like three or four months have been really good. Like everything's just sort of fallen my way and 
I've managed to win a few things. And um, yeah, overall, though, I've really enjoyed this year. It's been good. You know, obviously a little bit of real racing, but uh, I've enjoyed taking a step up, I think, in performance uh, in sim racing. You say a lot of success recently, a couple of titles in SRO, the win in Le Mans Virtual uh, this past weekend uh, with the Mercedes-AMG Patronus uh, team as well. Uh, but I do want to ask, going back to the real racing, how important is it for you, you know, having had that experience at Spa, but also in the esports arena where you dominated the race there on pole by almost a full second. With SRO embracing esports a little bit more, do you see more opportunities for yourself to try and find full-time seats in Europe in GT3 cars? It definitely helps, you know, I mean, first of all, like, I, I wouldn't say it's impressive because, you know, no, the majority of the other real drivers don't sim race that often. Um, so, you know, if I, if I didn't put it on pole and if I didn't win, there'd be something really wrong because, to be honest, I do this every day. They don't do it every day. So it's it's one of those. But it does, I mean, first of all, SRO embracing esports in that way, I think is very good and shows that. Well, it gives it more credibility, first of all, but it shows that uh, they think there's an audience for it and all the rest of it. But from my point of view, I do think it adds a sort of value, you know, as a racing driver, you know, trying to get a seat or trying to maybe get a cheaper seat, you know, get the team to reduce their fee to drive for them that season, you know, because in effect, I could sort of semi-guarantee that I'd be up there in all of the sim races in the real series, the gt pro esports or whatever it's called um and you win like you win six thousand euros per race so if you do win every race for example you win say thirty thousand euros it's quite a lot of money and you can you can say you know in my situation i could say with a, a lot of confidence that i'd be up there in every single one of those races winning some sort of prize money so it, yeah i think it's good obviously from where i sit but generally i think it's a good thing I really like that as well. Something I really am excited about when it comes to SRO and the potential for someone like you, uh, maybe even Lauren Heinrich, you know, these drivers who are so talented in esports to find opportunities in the real world. I want to ask you a question, though. Here in VCO, we have the Esports Racing League. We've had you participate in a handful of our competitions, but it's a platform and a tournament that embraces all of the simulators and all of the games. You've been someone that's been around sim racing for long enough that you've dabbled in basically all of the platforms. How adaptable do you think you have to be to try and find speed across all the different titles? Very. I mean, the, you know, the general gist of it is they are all the same, but they are so different from the way you set the game up, the settings you use on the wheel you've got, on the pedals you've got, the, the way it feels, the driving technique you have to kind of adapt in whatever game you're driving so i mean a good example right is uh a set of corsa and a set of corsa competizione are my favorite games or the games i'm best at uh because my natural driving style suits those games just i don't have to think about it i can just go on and it's like my tire wears good i'm using the correct amount of each tire and it's like it just works whereas if i go on to like r factor um so you gotta think acc and ac are quite understeery games uh or you know you don't really use uh the front tires that much whereas r factor is the opposite it's quite an oversteery game so i really struggle when i go to r factor with rear tire wear i just burn the rears out um so what i've had to do in lmbs recently is sort of just try and find a way to use more of the front tires so the rear tires are sort of evened out so i had to learn basically to put more steering lock going into corners and it's not natural at all but 
uh, eventually over lots of hours it's worked and uh, my tire wear now is not too bad on R factor so it, little bits like that across all games from game to game it's it's all different um, and yeah you have to be adaptable and just have an open mind you know uh, to be able to do that do you find that you need a, a couple of days as well to kind of dial that in? Because, you know, you've had oh, yeah. two of your SRO titles and then had a couple of weeks off to focus back on LMVS. But uh, I've been so impressed by a couple of drivers in the ER, ERL where basically no matter where we are, they're always up at the front. Do you, you find that you need a couple of weeks to get back into the groove? Ideally, yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't. time doesn't allow that. But if I jumped on that night with no practice, say on R-Factor, I'd, I'd probably struggle. Um, but on ACC... I'd probably be all right. It just, it, it depends what game it is. You know, I'm more likely to be at the front on ACC than I would be on R-Factor. Um, but ideally, yeah, you'd like a couple of weeks to practice on whatever you're practicing for. Now that sim racing, the level's so high, you do need that much prep. Let's talk a little bit then about 2022 and your SRO campaign, both, both in the endurance season where you had some teammates and then in the sprint series where you were by yourself. It was quite successful. You say you struggled at the early part, but by the time we got into the summer and midway through the year, you really were finding your form. It was a good year. I, was, I, was, I couldn't believe how well it went, to be fair. You know, we had the McLaren for both uh, sprint and endurance. Uh, McLaren in years gone by on ACC it's but you know I mean BOP first of all is it's an argument that's across all sim racing series that have BOP um McLaren in years gone by has generally been a strong car in whatever conditions whatever track um I, I felt this year it wasn't as strong it was you know it was lacking in a lot of areas especially like uh the power like I think there was a bit of a power nerf but it was still a decent car don't get me wrong but I don't think it was what it used to be so I wasn't expecting to go and win both titles um sprint was like a solid year only had one win no poles just consistent you know across the board points every round uh other drivers you know got tangled up in crashes and stuff and somehow won that and then endurance uh we just nailed it the whole season with like every pit stop every quali star it just everything was nailed and uh yeah uh, we uh, we really deserved to win that one i think because uh there was one mistake i think uh my teammate uh, had a little bit of an incident in the final race but overall it was faultless and uh it was a good season I did kind of want to ask about that final race because that was my first opportunity to kind of watch you guys in action from the commentary booth. And I did notice that that McLaren, you had to really find some strategy calls to work its way forward. So you say the car was, you know, really starting to change compared to the pace that you had earlier. How much of a difficult time did you have in that final race? And how much of a help was it having the rain to come and throw a spoil into the wrench about every hour or so? I was grueling. I mean, the rain, we needed the rain. If, if there was no rain, it would have been really tough. We just had no raw, dry pace. Um, and it was like wet, dry, wet, dry the whole 24 hours, pretty much. And uh, it was a nightmare of a race. Like my PC, uh, the PSU, the power unit blew up uh, like two in the morning when I was sleeping. So I, I woke up, went, uh, came on to do my next stint and my PC was just dead. You know, it wasn't really, it was, it was just completely dead. So I had to unplug it. And I had a spare, like, I call it a streaming PC, but I don't really stream that much. Um, and it's just about good enough to run ACC. So I, I hooked it up, did some practice and stuff, had to re-download the game onto it. And then I was like, well, let's, let's do a stint and hope, hopefully it lasts. Um, so we did the final 12 hours with this PC that I'm not particularly, you know, I wasn't very uh, comfortable with. Um, 
with George and Eamon and like doing a 24 hour with three people is, is rough. Uh, and then, yeah, Murphy uh, hit a puddle on the exit of the pit lane and, you know, we lost a lot of time. We thought we'd, we, we thought we blew it at that point. We had a lot of damage, um, but we, we, craw- we clawed it back over the last few hours and got the dub. But yeah, it was a horrible race, to be honest. That's what endurance racing is all about. And yeah, it, you talk is, about yeah, cons- yeah. it is. Uh, you talk about consistency, right? I always say on commentary, and I feel like I have a broken record when I say it, it's not the wins that win championships. It's the consistency. And I think consistency is what got you the win in Le Mans Virtual at Spa because you ran a faultless race along with the team at the Mercedes-AMG crew and ended up outlasting all of those in the Ardennes Mountain. Yeah, I mean, that team, you know, I'm pretty new there. Um just for the Le Mans Virtual Series. I'm obviously a Veloce driver, but uh, for Le Mans Virtual on Mercedes, and um, it's like, it's eye-opening to see the, the the level that a team like Mercedes works at in terms of setup development, strategy, the equipment they use, and it's like, it's just different, different gravy, to be honest. Like, it's so good. Um, and, I mean, I've, I enjoyed, obviously, the first two rounds to an extent. They didn't go very well, Um from a result point of view, but I knew eventually there was going to be a good result. And Spa, like we were quick, the whole quality, uh, the whole race uh, strategy really won us the race, as you say, you know, we thought Coanda were going to, uh, we thought they had a trick up their sleeve or something because, you know, they don't usually make mistakes in that department. Um, but yeah, we just got it. We just nailed the strategy and made one less pit stop than Coanda and uh, got the win. So. I love endurance racing for that as well because the strategy becomes such a important factor. Looking forward for the rest of the year, of course, maybe a handful more races uh, in the esports realm, but I have to assume an opportunity to recharge the batteries. Any yes. exciting holiday plans that you want to share with the viewers? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not it's not really a holiday, but uh, Friday I uh, I go to the Gumball 3000 Rally, which uh, is quite a famous rally. It's a different location every year, but uh that's with veloce um so i'm going with super gt or steve brown uh for 10 days which is going to be someone else you know going down in the middle east driving from dubai all the way around to abu dhabi uh in some mental cars like that's gonna be really fun i can't wait for that um but yeah i've got one more race uh le mans virtual series round four at sebring with mercedes um and that's it for the year. And yeah, you're right. I need a break, like a good couple of weeks off of just not, not even looking at the sim and uh, come back to it in 23 uh, fresh. And let's talk goals very quickly for 2023. Of course, I think it sounds like Le Mans Virtual and the 24 hours of Le Mans Virtual is definitely a, a goal for you to try and get redemption for next year. But what else? I'm sure, like you say, the goal is to be in a full-time seat in a real car next year. But I'm sure you've got some objectives still in the esports world to try and get to. Exactly. So goal number one definitely is a full season of, of racing, hopefully at you know GT World Challenge Europe level or uh, you know something like that. Um, but in esports, well, first of all, do hopefully as well as I've done this year. Um, but you know, maybe just adapting to the the scene a bit. You know, like looking at you know, I don't want to just do ACC, AC, you know, in the form of the VTNR League or LMBS because that's what I've done like the last two years now. I mean, there's new stuff on the horizon, isn't there? You know, there's Ren Sport on the horizon. You know, maybe if I'm not real racing, I'll have more time on my hands so I can. You know, I don't know. I, I need to. I'm yet to look at 
23 really and the goals and the targets but I think in this industry that's sort of best if you plan too early in advance you need to change your plans anyway so I'd rather just wait till we get to the new year and then decide what I'm going to go and do. Sounds like it will be a holiday to try and focus yourself for. A couple of fan questions, by the way, James, before we let you go. Uh, one, out of all the racing cars you've driven in the real world, which one is your favourite? <sighs> Definitely. I mean, I've, I've not driven many. Uh, I think I've driven about three or four. Or maybe five, if you can include the Race of Champions. But definitely the McLaren 720 uh, GT3, you know, by a mile. I've never driven anything anywhere near that quick. You know, in the corners, on the brakes, acceleration, the way it feels, the noise. Oh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I have put a video on my YouTube channel of um, the helmet cam of driving through Spa at night. And that sort of gives you an idea of what it's like. But... The feeling you get, the G-Force, is just unbelievable. And I would recommend his YouTube channel. I enjoy watching some of those videos, both yes. from real world and esports stuff. There we go. And aside from the <laughs> McLaren on ACC, what is another favorite car sim combo of yours? I think this is from one of your big fans, Luca. Uh, wait, say again. Favorite car and track combo? Combos and simbo. In sim racing, rather. Sorry. Simbo. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Suzuka's my favourite track, closely followed by Brands Hatch. Um, and I, to be honest with you, the McLaren 720S GT3 on a sim, I'm extremely bored of driving because um, I've driven it for two years in a row. Uh, so if I do ACC stuff again, like, say, SRO next year, I, I'm not even sure I'll take the McLaren, to be honest. Like, just from a, you know excitement point of view i want something new you know uh so i don't know what car and track combo to be honest i just know that the mclaren sort of is my favorite car uh well at least in real life and then suzuka and brands hatch are my favorite tracks not really thought about combo and one final one because i really like this question as well how do you stay motivated in esports i always wonder with you know drivers having to like you say drive day in and day out and grind so much how do you stay you know motivated to be at the top of your game uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably sort of a a natural thing, you know, the, the motivation. You either have it or you don't. You can't force yourself to be motivated. Um, what you can do, you know, some days, some days everyone doesn't wake up feeling motivated. You know, you just sort of got to force your way through it occasionally. Uh, but like the fact that I can do this as a job and, you know, there's more and more people every day really doing this as a job uh, or getting salaries or whatever, you know, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Like, before I was doing this, I was working in an engineering role that I actually quite enjoyed. But before that, I was doing some, you know, apprentice work. And when you compare this to doing that, you know, I don't want to go back to that. I want to stay doing this or something better. That, that's why I grind, you know, like crazy every day is because, you know, I know what it's like to not be doing this. And this is like a dream job. You know, I know it's not real racing, but it's still racing. It's same skill set, same mindset. You're basically, you live the life of sort of like an athlete and you, you know, you, you compete to win races and it's, it's, uh, it's unreal, you know, and hopefully the scene grows to get even bigger and bigger. But um, yeah, I mean, I sort of lost my train of thought now, but that's the general gist of it. I really like that answer. And I think 
the reality is you're not going to wake up every morning and want to spend six hours in the sim sometimes. No. You'll have to force yourself to do so. Thank you so much for your time once again, James. Hopefully it's not another 856 days before we talk to you, but I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about when we do so. Thank you for joining us live on the VCO Twitch and the VCO Twitter or on your favorite podcast platform. We'll be back hopefully next week with another fantastic guest from the world of sim racing. Don't forget the final of the VCO Grand Slams is this Saturday as Radio Show Limited and RaceBot TV partnered up to bring you uninterrupted coverage of the Suzuka 10 Hours, yet another iRacing special event brought to you by VCO. On behalf of the team at VCO, for Mike Yao and for myself, Arjuna Kangi Party, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. For now, so long and race on.